Uh, we've got Dale with us this morning. Um, Dale has you're wondering when we talk about the new ground family of churches and how that works and sometimes we would have uh, Bible weekends together at Ashburnham um, but it's about more than that we often work in relationship with one another uh, as you know I was down in Hastings last week preaching that church and Dale has just served this church very well actually over the last few years uh, we've been in relationship with him as the elders and his wisdom and just great advice has really helped us and me personally over the last few years so we're very grateful for uh, his care and love and wisdom uh, for us so let's give Dale a warm welcome shall we? Great lovely I've just got to play the conundrum with this thing now which I'll put that there so I'll move that way. Are you well? Yeah. Good it's good to see you good to be here uh, as Ian said my name is Dale from King's Church uh, Oxted just to say, back then, this is not part of my preach, by the way, but just to say, uh, we're baptising a young guy in Oxford this morning. He's in his 20s, and about a year ago or so, he was going to end his life. And uh, he drove to a bridge and was going to throw himself off. And the bridge was somewhere around here, somewhere in Seven Oaks, Kensington. And a, an unknown Christian to him, doesn't know to this day who it was, stopped, got out and said to him, are you okay? And he said, well, well not really. And the guy spoke to him and said, look, there's a God and he loves you. You don't need to do this. There's another way. Do you want to come back to my house? And he was just blown away. And he said, no, thanks. I'm all right. Went back a few months later, got saved. Just getting baptised this morning. Wow. Yeah, amazing. So, and uh, if it's you, let me know. Because we'd like to find this saint. So if you had to... Was it you? Seriously. <laughs> Did you know the rest of the story? Sorry, excuse us a second. We'll be back in a moment. I was on my way to church. I was on my way here for a prayer meeting. And as I was um, coming over um, the bridge at the uh, child's um, there was a scar parked in the strangest place that you can imagine and I thought this is weird why would someone park here um, but I carried on came to the prayer meeting and as I went back the car was still there and I thought well this is weird I drove past it I then turned around and thought this is not right so stopped behind the guy and Went to speak to him and he was sitting on his phone and he was going through stuff and I could see he was really not in a good space. So I started, tried to stay with him, I had a chat with him, uh, I said we could pray together and, and all of that and I said please don't do something silly, um, uh, it's not worth it. Um, so I yes, I did say to him, do you want to come with me and he said no, I'm fine. Um, that's kind of where the conversation went. I then drove off but couldn't leave, so I turned around again and parked about 100 yards behind his car just to keep watching. Um, and I probably stayed there for about 20 minutes praying and then, then went home. Okay. Um, told Alice about it, continued to pray for him. Did he? And was that the last you heard of the story? Okay, so, That's the last okay, so you basically, sorry, excuse us. <laughs> you can listen in uh, if you want to. Basically, his, he had a mate who he worked with whose dad's a member of our church. He knew that his friend's dad came to church, they went around to see him. 
is God said, why don't you come with us to church? He came with us, out for course, got saved three months ago, getting baptised in about 20 minutes. Love it when God does stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, that, that I didn't know. I, I didn't honestly know that uh, it was Andre. There you go. Amazing. How clever is God? How does He do that stuff? <laughs> Man alive. Let's pray, shall we? Yeah. Lord, we thank you for even. It's it's, it's how you break into people's lives. Yeah. It's how you broke into our lives. Mm. Yes. And Lord, we just want to bless you and honour you again, Lord. That you are the God who seeks. You're the God who moves. I thank you for Andre's obedience to stop and talk and pray. Lord, he just followed the prompting of what you were telling him to do. Wow. But you used him in this young man's life. Yeah. And we bless you for that. And Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you that you would both move in this young man's life, but that you would use us as well and uh, Lord we just pray that this morning that you would speak to us that we would be open to hear what it is that you want to say to us in Jesus name Amen Amen, Amen. Amen. well I could go home right now really uh, I could be done but I better start and say something really uh, look good morning it's lovely as I said my name is uh, Dale and I've been married to the lovely Jane uh, for 30 years I know she doesn't look old enough and um, we've got three grown up daughters uh, Paige is 28, married to Ed. Charlie is actually 29 now, isn't she? She had a birthday. Uh, uh, Charlie, who's 27, 28-ish. And uh, Jordan, who's around 24 and uh, is at university in Derby. And shortly um, after leaving school, I joined the police force and I was there for 12 years. And uh, uh, then I started to work full-time and lead King's Church over in Oxted. And when New Ground started about nine years ago, uh, pretty quickly I started to work half for the church and half my time for New Ground. And then in January 2022, I stopped working for the local church completely, stayed there as an elder, and now I'm fully employed by New Ground, as Ian said, our family of churches. And my role within New Ground has always been to kind of oversee some of the operational side, the comms, the events, the staff, <laughs> and also working with Dave Holden. Uh, in terms of looking after churches, being part of New Frontiers. And along the way, I somehow got involved with helping churches, especially those in London and the South East, and meeting with leaders. In fact, once a month we meet, and once a term we meet here in this very room, praying for church planting. And then kind of outside of those regular meetings, I kind of meet with eldership team and elders and and as part of that, I get to visit some churches on a Sunday morning. I used to really only come here at one time, uh, which was great. So I've been here you know, on a number of occasions, but uh, now I get to travel a bit more widely. So sorry if that's more information than you needed or wanted. You'll never get that two minutes back. But, and some of you will have known something about me, but if you're newer to the church, then maybe you wouldn't. So I thought I'd just take a moment just to share it. And when I knew about 14 months ago that I'd be travelling around and speaking in churches, I really wanted, I really spent that whole year praying and saying, God, what do you want me to speak about? When I go, what do you want me to preach? I mean, I can preach, I've done it for 17 years, but it isn't really my main gifting, preaching, teaching. And so I, I really said, God, if, if I'm going to go to other churches, I, I don't just want to go and pick my favourite sermon 
And I'm not clever enough to try and fit in with whatever the church is preaching through at the time. And you know, God gave me not one, but two messages. That's the abundance of God, uh, right there. So this morning's any good, there is another one. Uh, and I, what I felt God say to me was, if you go, I want you to either speak about the spirit or about being part of the family of God. And not to look at them uh, by looking at a Bible verse, which is how we normally preach. But what I want you to do is to go and share some stories, share some of your personal experiences about the Holy Spirit or about being part of God's family. And hopefully telling some of those stories will encourage you. So this morning we're going to look at the Holy Spirit and I've got no handouts, I've got no slides. Uh, there'll be a few Bible verses, uh, so I hope um, they will be helpful. But really, I just want to tell you three stories. Is that all right? Yeah. Three things that have happened in my life. But let me start then with this Bible verse, and it's always made me smile and scratch my head. Uh, it's when Jesus told the disciples that he was going to go away. And it says this in John 16, verse 6 and 7. Jesus says, rather you're filled with grief because I've said these things, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. So Jesus says to his disciples, it's better that I go away because then I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And they must have been thinking, Jesus, what could be better than having you with us? We've had you with us every day in the flesh for the last number of years. How can it be better for us? And Jesus' answer is, because I am going to send to you the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you my first story, which I call Locked. Locked. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Uh, actually, before the age of 16, I went to church once. Uh, when I was about 10, I went and held the flag at a scout parade. And I thought it was the most boring thing that I had ever been to. But at, at the age of 14, really out of nowhere, God saved me. I won't go into details because that's the other preach. Um, but basically, I started to go along to this local Baptist church at about the age of 16. And they taught me about forgiveness and the cross and salvation and a whole load of other great stuff. But very little about the work of the Holy Spirit. I mean, it was clear that the Holy Spirit was the third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But there wasn't really a lot about what he did. And there certainly wasn't anything about being filled with the Spirit. I didn't even know what that meant. And then one day, through a series of circumstances that I think God orchestrated, Jane and I ended up leaving this particular Baptist church, but we didn't know where we were going to go. But I knew that there was this New Frontiers church about 25 minutes down the road in Oxted. We lived in East Grinstead. And I'd met one person once from that church. And I knew they were happy clappy, but I didn't really know what that meant. But happy and clappy sounded okay. So we decided to go along. And we turned up uh, to Oxted School where they met. And our, we had three children. Paige was about five, Charlie was about three, Jordan was just a baby in arms. And we stepped into this school canteen and uh, the band seemed okay, people seemed friendly. We had flags draped everywhere, uh, which is what we used to have back in those days. And the worship seemed lively, there was a drummer. I thought, that's good, they got a drummer, don't know why. And the kids seemed okay, and, and the guy talking up the front, he seemed all right, I could understand him. 
And he was talking actually about being filled with the Holy Spirit, which I didn't know what it kind of meant, but I was interested, I was kind of listening. And then shortly after that, I heard him say that they were going to have another worship time and they were going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill them. Now I'm sitting about four rows back and Jane's holding Jordan, our baby, and I start talking to God about the fact that I, I, I like this church, God, they seem really nice, but if things get weird when they invite the Holy Spirit to come, then Jane is going to freak out and then we're going to have to leave this church and we're never going to find out any more about it. And basically I'm quietly telling God all the reasons why it would be better if nothing weird happened this morning. And I hear the guy up the front uh, basically getting you know the band ready to start worshipping and I hear him invite the Holy Spirit to come and, 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 I, and, and he's saying to people receive from the Holy Spirit and I'm sitting there with my head in my hands like that. I'm sitting down, I've got my knees, you know, like that. And I'm in a kind of position of prayer, but I'm not really praying. But I'm sat like this, and I'm literally ranting at God on the inside that this is going to ruin everything. And I'm wondering how long can I sit here in this position, hoping it will stop before I have to open my eyes, look at Jane, who I'm sure is going to give me the sign to say, come on, we've got to go. You know, time to get the kids and run. And I can hear people are starting to worship. I can hear some people are starting to laugh. Some people are starting to cry. I can't see anything because I've got my eyes shut because I'm scared of my wife. <laughs> and my general sense of whatever is happening is that it's God and it's good. But the problem is that Jane won't understand that. And uh, I was young and foolish in my defence. I'm just old and foolish now. But after a few minutes of ranting at God, I can't avoid it any longer. And I decide to open my eyes and see if Jane's okay. So I try to open my eyes and I realise I can't. I try again. I can't open my eyes. I, I try to move my hands and I can't. And suddenly I realise that while God has seemingly been touching people and giving them joy and loving things, he's locked me in my chair. <laughs> I can't move. And so I'm remonstrating with God because I can't move. And I'm, I'm, I'm quiet on the outside, but I'm loud on the inside. How dare God you lock me in place? You can't do this kind of thing. I'm going to be in more trouble with Jane now, and it's going to be your fault. I'm a policeman, God. I'm a, you can't lock me in place. What am I going to do? Get out of my truncheon and handcuffs and. <laughs> Tell God, I mean, I'm ranting on the inside. And eventually, after a while, all God is saying to me is, be quiet, sit still. And uh, so after a few minutes, I kind of agreed that that's what I would do. But I, tried, I remember I tried to bargain with God. I, tried to, I said to him, God, will you just let me move the little finger on my right hand just so that I can prove that I can and I'm not having some kind of medical seizure. And so I remember sitting there going, one, two, three, move. That didn't work. And, and literally, I could not move. And so I sat there locked, unable to move, didn't open my eyes, didn't speak for about 20 minutes, going through these emotions of anger and disbelief and fear of Jane and eventually this, <laughs> this unhappy surrender to God. And then suddenly I felt God say, you can move now. <laughs> and the ministry time was still going on. I looked up at Jane uh, uh, to see 
and on her face, it was she was completely calm. It had that slight look of, what have you been doing the last 20 minutes? <laughs> so I knew there were some questions to answer, but she was looked completely at peace. And we had coffee, and we got the kids, and we drove home, and we started to share what happened. And Jane said that she'd wondered why I was sitting there, but she thought that I was having some lovely, deep, quiet moment with God, rather than ranting like a child. And she said that although she didn't know exactly what was going on in terms of people worshipping, laughing, crying, she knew that it was God, and so it was okay. But she said, yeah, probably, when, it, when, when the Holy Spirit started to move, had I have looked at her and given her the option, should we go, she may well have said yes, and perhaps we have, would have gone. And we would have left that church, maybe to have never gone back. See, had God not locked me in that chair, maybe I would have walked out and never walked back in. Two years later, I was leading that church. I've been an elder there for the last 17 years, and unless God calls us away, that's our home. Now, let me just explain something. God was not filling me with his Holy Spirit, right? He locked me in the chair to teach me something of his power and so that I couldn't mess up his plans. He wasn't punishing me. He wasn't scaring me. He was actually getting ready for what he had for me in the next season of my life. And he was showing me that he can do anything he wants to by the power of his Holy Spirit. Because I figured if he could lock me in a chair for 20 minutes, then every miracle, every supernatural event I read about, Old Testament, New Testament, the Holy Spirit can do. It was not a frightening experience, but it was personal, and it was this display of God's power that showed me, wow, God, you can do everything that you've said you've done. You can do everything that you say you want to do. So being locked in that chair kind of gave me this appreciation of something of the power of God. Second story I want to tell you about, I call Overwhelmed, and it happened just a few weeks after the first one. So having started to go to this church called King's Church, I decided I needed to look into the Holy Spirit more. And so I spoke to the guy leading, and I asked him, I, I told him about being locked in the chair, and he asked me, have you ever been filled with, have you ever been baptised with the Holy Spirit? And I said, I didn't, I don't think so, and I don't know. And he gave me a set of cassette tapes, which kind of shows my age, doesn't it? But this load of cassette tapes, which explain biblically being filled with the Spirit. And so I listened to them, and I looked up the verses, and I came to a place of being convinced that although I'd been a Christian for many years, and I had the Holy Spirit living inside of me, I was saved, I'd never been filled with the Spirit. I've never had this overwhelming experience of being filled with the Spirit that we read about in the pages of our New Testament. And so I decided that I was going to ask God to fill me with his Holy Spirit. If there's more gods from you than I want, I want everything that you have for me. And I was a policeman uh, in these days, and we had three children, as I say, under five. So getting space and time was never going to be easy. And I was on early turn that week, which meant getting up at like five o'clock in the morning. But Tuesday night, I stayed up and waited until Jane and the kids had gone to bed. And I paced up and down my living room, 10 o'clock at night, saying, God, I believe that, uh, that you can be filled with your spirit. I haven't been filled with spirit. God, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? And I paced up and down for two hours. And guess what happened? Nothing. 
So I went to bed, got up five o'clock in the morning. Following night, because I'm nothing if not persistent, following night, I'm back there again, 10 o'clock, same routine, walking up and down my lounge at home, two hours, nothing. Third night, so I'm not going to give up. Third night, same thing, walking up and down. God, I believe it's in your word. I believe it. I believe that you want to fill me with your Holy Spirit. And then suddenly, it happened. God began to fill me with his Holy Spirit. And suddenly, I just stood there and could feel the presence of God. And I can only describe it to you, this was my experience, was it's like I was standing under a waterfall. But it wasn't water that was hitting me. It was wave after wave of God's love. Well, I can picture myself there now in my lounge. Wave after wave of God's love just hitting me. And it was so overwhelming in that moment. And, and eventually I ended up down on my knees with my hands over my head, trying to cover myself, even though it wasn't hurting. And I knew it wasn't really water. And I knew that putting my hands over my head wouldn't really make any difference. But such was the overwhelming nature of it. I just thought, my goodness, I've got to try and almost protect myself from these waves of God's love that came. And there were some moments when I was standing and some when I was kneeling and some when I was laughing and some when I was crying. I wish I could have had a video of it uh, in the corner. And for two hours, God met with me and filled me with his Holy Spirit. And in the end, I knew whatever being filled with the Holy Spirit was, I just encountered it. <laughs> And what I knew more than ever, what I'd experienced in that moment to a greater intensity was the love of God. That's what it felt like for me, the love of God. And in the weeks and the months that followed, I started to be able to operate in a number of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'd love to say it sorted out my character, but it didn't. I didn't instantly become more like Jesus. I still needed to address that, still need to day by day. But it was this wonderful experience of God's love. And it did open the door for me to begin to operate in some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And some of those gifts were to strengthen me, like speaking in tongues. And some were so that I could strengthen and encourage and comfort my brothers and sisters. And if looking back for me, being locked in the chair was this power encounter that changed how I thought about God. Being overwhelmed was like a love encounter that really changed my heart and opened up the way for God to use me and to give me gifts of his spirit that I could use to bless and strengthen and encourage others and be used for the advancement of the kingdom. And actually, when you look at scripture, what you see is that there are certain key things that we all need as human beings. And so many of them are given to us by the Holy Spirit. I'm not really talking about spiritual gifts at this moment. I'm really talking about even some more fundamental things. Things like love, as in my story. It says in Romans 5.5, hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Does anyone need love? Yeah, we all need love. How do we experience love? <laughs> through the Holy Spirit. What about hope? What about hope? I and mean, you know, lifting our eyes, believing for a better day. Well, actually hope comes when we know that God is with us. 
And that God will either change the circumstances or he will give us the enabling, the grace to be able to get through it. Well, we, we have hope when we remember the Holy Spirit is with us. I am not alone. Jesus said, I won't leave you like orphans. He said, it's better I go away because then I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. You're not going to be on your own. That's where my hope comes from. What about this triple whammy? Righteousness, peace and joy. If you could bottle this and sell it to the world, you'd be a billionaire, eh? Righteousness, peace and joy. What does it say? Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, though I do like eating and drinking, but it's not. But of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. In the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who's able to, if you like, give us the righteousness, peace and joy. Not righteousness because we feel like we're having a good day or a good week. No, no. The fact that we know that we are right with God. That our sins have been forgiven. But like we sang at the worship time, one day when we stand before God, we're not going to talk about all the good things that we think we did. We're going to stand there and say, Jesus, I have righteousness because you died on the cross for me. <laughs> peace. Not because everything's just relaxing. No, this is peace with God. The God who made the world is not angry with me. Joy. A joy, not because, again, everything in, in, in my life is now swapped together. You know, I've got it all sorted. It's not, this is joy from heaven. This is joy because of just the fact that we are known God and are known by him. Where do we get righteousness, peace, and joy from? You can either look in the circumstances of your life, but you know what? That doesn't really work out very well, does it? Because when something goes wrong, the whole thing crumbles. <laughs> or you can ask the Holy Spirit to come and give you righteousness, peace, and joy. And he gets it from heaven. Not through circumstances. So there is this storehouse from God that I believe the Holy Spirit can put into our lives. And part of it is that righteousness, peace, joy, hope, love. And the other part are the spiritual gifts. Because I found that once I was filled with the Spirit, Suddenly I began to have prophetic words for people. Suddenly I could begin to speak in tongues. Suddenly this whole world opened up to me that God was able to use me and work through me more than ever. That was my experience. So that was the second story. Would you like one more? Just one more little story. I call this one clay because I don't know what else to call it. And it didn't really happen to me, but I was part of it. But really, I wasn't the star of it at all. Uh, in fact, I don't come out of this one very well either. Um, but never mind. What you kind of see is my continued foolishness and Jesus's continual patience. After two years of being filled with the Spirit, I left the police force, started work for the church. So now I'm in my early 30s. I have no theological training. Uh, I'm somehow working for a church and I'm going to head up youth and evangelism. And I decide that I need some kind of training. And so I'll go on the New Frontiers FYP, Frontier Year Project, or Find Your Partner, depending on which one you call it. <laughs> but it was basically take a year to, um, you know, to serve God in a local church and do some basic the theology uh, once a week. And there was about 130 students on it for that year. Uh, in New Frontiers, and I was one of the oldest because mostly it was for youngsters coming out of school or maybe coming out of university. So I went away for a week at the start of this, and there was a week of training, and two days was about the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Spirit and gifts of the Spirit. 
And on the afternoon of day two, the guy leading said, get into pairs, pray for one another to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I looked around the room and I saw a guy and uh, he was a little bit older than me. And we kind of made a beeline for each other because uh, we were laughing, you know, we're like the old boys here. And uh, he gave me his name, I can't remember it, but he said he was a prison officer and had been for about 20 years. And now he was working for a church that had no theological experience, so he's doing FIP. I said, do you know, I've worked for the, church, uh, for the police for 12 years, I've got no theological experience. Oh, so we paired up, right, the two of us. And uh, he prayed for me to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and I felt the presence of God and, and enjoyed that, and that was all great and good. And then I prayed for him to be filled with the Spirit, and he started to rock backwards and forwards. And the guy at the front said, if that happens, go and stand behind them, because it might be that they go down in the spirit, and you can just leave, lay them on the floor and just keep praying for them. So that's what happened. He rocked backwards and forwards, laid out on the floor, clearly receiving from God, and that was all good. And to be honest with you, I felt pretty smug inside, right? You know, I mean, I, Jesus, I know that you're doing that, but, you know, I did, I did pray the prayers. You know, that, I'm just being honest with you, right? And I kind of laid my hand on his chest, trying not to look smug so people would see. Do you know what I mean? I'm blessing <laughs> All that kind of thing. And, uh, and this went on 15 minutes, half an hour, and I, I could tell other people had finished praying for each other. They'd start to go. Uh, and the guy at the front was telling people, hey, you know, dinner served in, you know, an hour or so. So if you finish, feel free to go. Um, people that were, you know, receiving, there was no rush and all that lot. And the room thinned out and I just sat quietly next to my guy, praying, smiling, nodding, you know. And, uh, and after about an hour, I found I was the only person in the room with, with this guy. Everybody else had gone. They'd all finished, gone off to have dinner. And suddenly a thought came into my head. What if this is not the Holy Spirit? You can laugh, I wasn't laughing at this moment. What if this is a medical thing? What if this guy's had a seizure? I mean, what if he needs urgent medical help and I've been sat there <laughs> praying for him for the last two hours and I, what if he dies and I have to go to the coroner's court as a boy with a policeman for 12 years and they say to me, uh, Mr. Barlow, ex-PC Barlow, uh, you're, why didn't you get any medical help? Oh, I thought he was being filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I just, yeah. panic, panic went through me. So over the next hour, I actually prayed for him but tried to rouse him a bit, <laughs> wiggle him a bit. And, uh, and I tried to explain it to him and I checked his pulse actually. And, uh, <laughs> And I'd been to see the guy who was leading the course, and he didn't seem that concerned. I thought, oh, God. And, and now it's about half past six, and the evening meeting is going to start. The band have come in, they're twinkling and, you know, tuning up and that. People are starting to gather. And, 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 and I'm now saying to this guy, yeah, are you alive? You know, <laughs> do something. I've lost all care now. People are coming over that I knew on the course and asking, and I'm kind of sharing some of my concerns. And the room starts filling up, and I'm thinking, we can't have a two-hour worship session while this guy's lying, dying on the floor. And, uh, and then he sat up. He just sat bolt upright. And he smiled at me. And I didn't know whether to kiss him or punch him. <laughs> and afterwards, I spoke to him and he said that he could hear my growing concern, but in the moment he was unable to and had no compulsion to communicate me. He was just receiving and focusing on what the Holy Spirit was doing. In fact, the only piece of advice he gave me was this. He said, if it ever happens again, just put a cushion under my head because there's been this little piece of grit on the floor <laughs> and it's been digging into the back of my head. 
And again, what I said, what I thought in that moment wasn't very gracious, um, but I managed to keep it quiet. And he told me, I said, so what was God doing? And he told me that over the last three hours, what God had been doing, he said it didn't feel like three hours, he said time just stopped. And they had no consciousness of how long it had been. He said that God had shown him how over the previous 20 years as a prison officer, parts of his heart that were represented by him seeing a, 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 a ball of clay, some parts of his heart had got hard through the difficult circumstances and people that he'd had to deal with as a prison officer. And he said that he saw God's hands coming into that piece of clay, taking out the hard pieces, rolling it round in his hands, and as he was doing that, God was showing him the people and the very situations. And God said to him, you've forgiven, but I don't want any hard-heartedness or scars remaining for those 20 years. And God rolled it round and rolled it round until the clay was absolutely soft. And then he saw God put it back into the ball of clay. And then God took out another piece. And God said to him, this is necessary because I don't want you to carry any hard-heartedness as a result of what you did before into this next season of your life. Wow. Wow, eh? So there's me, firstly, there being Mr. Smug, and then being Mr. Panicky. <laughs> and all the time, God is dealing with 20 years of difficulty and completely changing this guy's heart. I learned lots from that. <laughs> wow, God, you are so amazing. And actually, just because I was foolish and in the midst of it, it didn't stop God using me as part of it. It's the amazing thing about God, is it not? Yeah. He uses us. We're not perfect. We're not supermen. We're certainly not Jesus. <laughs> and yet, God is willing to use us. Let me just bring this into lane somewhere. I've told you these three stories, they're all pretty dramatic, and uh, you might think things like that happen to me every day, they don't. Uh, those are some of the more exceptional ones. I tend to think of being filled with the Spirit under three headings. The exceptional, the regular, and the daily. The exceptional to me is things like I've just explained to you. They don't happen all the time, but they really do, in that sense, teach you deep things, take your breath away. I don't think you can chase after those kind of encounters with God, those exceptional things. If you chase after them, what will happen is if the next one is not as good as the last one, you'll be disappointed. Just a word of warning there, right? They're great, the exceptional ones, but don't chase after them. Otherwise, you're chasing after uh, an experience rather than chasing after God. <laughs> when I think of the regular one, I think to myself, you know, every week, every couple, God, I need you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. I need you to touch me with your Holy Spirit. It might be gentle, it might be dramatic, you might, I don't know God, but I know that I need times each week, every couple of weeks, to be open to your Holy Spirit, to come before you and say, God, is there anything that you want to do, say, speak to me about, fill me again, give me from heaven, God. Yeah. I need that. Now, whether that could be a Sunday morning, could be a prayer meeting, back at the church that I'm part of, once a month we have an evening for worship and receiving, doesn't matter when it is, but I know that I need that regular filling and, and if I haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit for some time I know for me I get into a room get about an hour put some worship music on walk up down worship God start singing in the spirit and ask God God will you fill me 
I'm deliberate about it because I do believe that it's available but sometimes I just need to be intentional yeah. Yeah, just need to be deliberate just need to make the time <laughs> I need to make the ask yeah. Yeah. God doesn't always need to come and hijack me <laughs> my father God loves me I can go and deliberately spend time with him so that's the regular but also just the daily you know for me I I, I also every day read the word of God pray prayer walk and through any and all of those, I'm asking God, will you fill me with your Holy Spirit? Is there something you want to say to me? Is there something you want to give me? Joy, comfort, peace. Is there something you want to pull me up on in my own life? Is there, is, there, is there something you want to speak to me out of this Bible verse? To me, I'm trying to engage with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis because of who he is. So my encouragement to you is to know how do you engage best with the Holy Spirit? And then be deliberate, be intentional, be full of faith, be excited about it. God has all these, it's I always, but God has all these things in his storehouse. And he's willing to give them to us and we desperately need them. And yet sometimes I think, oh God, I'm not so good at coming to you. And just saying, hey God, will you give me? Will you just give me? I feel God is always very willing when I humbly ask. Now I hope some of those stories have maybe somehow whetted your appetite for more of the Spirit. Maybe as I've told some of my stories, it's prompted you to think of some of your stories. When God's moved in your life and how he's worked in you. Or maybe he's worked through you. Maybe Andre will think about that this evening when he's thinking about the guy on the bridge, eh? Wow. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, then can I say, maybe it'll set you on a course of discovery and a desire and a thirst. Maybe like me, you'll start to maybe read the Bible. Maybe you'll get some good teaching. Maybe you'll need to walk up down your lounge. I don't know how God will do it for you, but maybe you will begin to pursue being filled with the Spirit. Maybe you're filled with the Spirit, but maybe over the last few years, especially with COVID, some of those fans, those flames are just a bit dogged down at the moment. I think COVID had that effect because we all went into our little boxes. <laughs> but maybe it's time once again to open up to the Holy Spirit yeah. and to ask him to fill us afresh. Exceptional, regular, daily. I'd love us to ask right now. I'd love us to make some time to ask God to come and fill us with his Holy Spirit. And you know, God won't come and fill you because I ask. He'll come and fill you because you ask. Yeah, that's right. And I don't know what God's going to do. <clears throat> I have this Holy Spirit in my heart, but I don't have him in my back pocket, so I can't just give him out. But God, I believe, wants to come and move this morning and fill some people. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm in such a rush. Always rushing on to the next thing. Always hurrying for the next thing. But actually, the Bible says those who wait on the Lord. Yeah. And sometimes we just need to wait. Now, we can wait and we can worship, and pray, but we, we can just wait and see what God wants to do. So what I'd love us to do now is I'm just going to uh, have one very simple worship song. I'm going to ask us to stand up, and then I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit would come and fill us. And then we're just going to wait. We're just going to wait for a few moments. And we'll just see what God does. And if you're up for that, if you want to ask as well, then just where you are, you don't need to come to the front. Uh, all you need to do is just ask. Because God's here. And I do believe that he wants to fill us.